You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Mino Lion Media presents Business First. Hi, all, and welcome to a new episode of Business First with Sonia Aline. I am your host, And today we are talking to a gentleman who is passionate about Black neighborhoods and what what makes them thrive. He has spent most of his career providing financial education and helping communities of color get better access to capital. Today he is going to share his story as well as share some insights on how you can better financially situate your own company. Um, His company is Vested In and he is Jim Burnett. Welcome, Jim. How are you? I'm wonderful, Sonia. Thanks for having me. Uh, well, I'm excited to have you here, and I know the audience is going to enjoy this conversation. I'd like to, before we get into Vested In and what you do, I'd like to hear a little bit about your background. I know you began in corporate, but I'd love to hear you know, what you learned when you were there about the importance of, of getting Black businesses and Black communities access to capital. And what actually helped you transition into community economic development? Um, well, that's it's a, it's a tricky question. Um, I got into corporate because I thought that was a place for folks to go. So you go to college, you get a job at a good corporation, um, and you work there kind of until you you know grow into the company and you learn as much as you can. I just didn't feel like. Uh, I was learning a lot, quite frankly. In fact, I give a lot of credit to the bank that I worked for initially, which was First Fidelity and then First Fidelity Bank, who, um, and I had a gentleman by the name of Jim Bevan, who was a branch manager where I was working. He thought I would fit well in the credit training program at the bank. And credit training is something where they teach you how to lend the bank's money. And it's kind of a graduate level program where they really you're entrenched in kind of learning about finance and companies and how to analyze companies. And and in some cases, institutions, banks around the world. Um, One of the banks that I analyzed was actually Nigerian banks um, when I was going through those uh, training program. So it laid the foundation um, for what I am and what I'm doing today, because it taught me how to do these things. Um, as I started to go through working, though, um, what I realized was we were actually weren't financing, in particular, Black-owned banks, I mean, uh, businesses. And it was frustrating. Um, it, you would bring deals to the table that seemed like deals similar to the other transactions that were getting approved, and we weren't actually doing those transactions. And then I got really lucky. Uh, we merged with core states and one of my my new boss said, here, I want you to go between Connecticut and Maryland and make loans. I want to make as many loans. In fact, if you want to use advertising dollars, we'll advertise up and down the, the mid-Atlantic about lending money to black and brown businesses. 
And we did it. And we did a really great job of it. And then we merged again. And so this is where these transitions, um, unfortunately, don't always work out in your in, in the best interest of either you or the businesses that you're working with. We were acquired by um, First Union at the time and went through that acquisition. Um, we basically just the transition just didn't work. There was new leadership in our department. Um, they took me from managing uh, Maryland to Connecticut and put me into Philadelphia and basically said, look, you're no longer going to be out on the street developing business. You're going to just refer business uh, to existing biz- our, our existing clients. We're literally only going to work with our existing clients. And, you know, if you just want a job, that's fine. But I was accustomed to going out, meeting with business people, learning about their businesses and trying to find ways to to help them. So it got frustrating. And, and I really was probably going through a little bit of a depression at that point in time um, that was partly work, but just tr- trying to figure out what I really want to do. And I don't, I'm not sure whether you're from Philadelphia, but there's this franchise called Rita's Water Ice. And the Rita's Water Ice says, hey, you know what? Let's talk to them about starting a franchise. We've got enough relationships. And we, meaning myself and my partner who was going to work with me from Maryland, we talked to folks at the harbor about actually setting up in the harbor place. They were ready to give us a lease. We had a draft of the lease. The only thing we needed was a sign off of the franchise. Went to the franchise and they said, no, we don't want to do this type of of franchise. We only want walk-up franchises. We don't want a mall setting for any of our franchisees. So I had raised about $80,000 and I had to give this money back. And I did. It It was like kind of frustrating at that point. And so at the same time, you know, you want to cover your bases <laughs> just in case this doesn't go through the way you want to. I was being interviewed by West Philadelphia Financial Services the predecessor organization to vested in uh, to come in and be their executive director. Um, but they just took so long. I, their board was kind of slow. And I'm like, wow, do I really want to do this. And I told them no. And then three months later, the deal falls through for Rita's Water Ice. And I'm still in the same office in the middle of Center City. And it's just like, why am I still here? And so what actually happened is on my birthday, I go into work and I call a good friend of mine and I say, and this is probably about 730 in the morning. Did you know what? I'm going to get fired today. He's like, man, they can't fire you. They, you. You make too much money for these people. There's no way in the world they're going to fire you. I said, no, nah, they're going to fire me today. And five minutes after we, well, he's, and so the piece that I, I think is really important for him, he said, let's pray on it. And we did. We prayed on the phone and it's like, if this is meant to happen, it's meant to happen. And not five minutes after he hung up, my boss, and I was her only responsibility. So you had this woman who was like, yeah, you you manage him. And we went into her boss's office and there was somebody from North Carolina there from HR saying, hey, you know what? We're going to let you go. We're going to give you a severance. But here's the box. Pack, pack, you know, pack up your stuff and get up out of here. And so I said, all right, this is actually a good thing. I got my stuff, put it in my car, which was parked in the garage, and I walked down the street to this uh, a clothing uh, in, in, in Philadelphia, a men's clothing store in Philadelphia called Boyd's, and I bought myself a brand new suit. 
I said, well, you know what? This is going to be nice. And I said, I, got, I came left out of there and I went to another place and I said, get me some cigars. And I got me a couple of cigars and I went and had, because it was still my birthday, right? I mean, I'm like, look, I, you're not going to ruin my birthday. <laughs> so, you know, I ended up going uh, to this black owned restaurant, um, Warm Daddy's, um, that was right there and um, had a really great lunch um, and left there and went to a friend of mine who I'd done a deal with where she, a black woman, we had opened up a bed and breakfast in Rittenhouse Square in Philadelphia. So this is the highest and wealthiest area in Philadelphia. Um, this black woman had this wonderful, elegant um, bed and breakfast, was doing extremely well. And she said, I'm going to throw a party for you tonight. So she throws the party for me. We had this birthday party. And at the party, we decide to go into business together. And we start this cleaning company. Um, the folks from West Philly Financial show up there and say, well, look, we already hired somebody as the executive director, but why don't you come in and at least do some lending? And at that time, I didn't really want to jump into anything heavy. It was, I'm, I'm, my birthday's May 7th, so I wanted the summer to kind of think about things and I'll do it part time. So I'll you know, do some deals, but I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time. And it was just, you know, it was one of the best days of my life. And it was sometimes God puts you in a space where you haven't made the decision to do things and he's going to make it for you. And so <laughs> in this case, he made it for me and it has put me on this path uh, that I, I don't know that I would have gotten to where I am right now without one that foundation that the bank provided me, the frustration that the bank provided me, and then kind of giving, by letting me go, giving me the opportunity to really go and, and be myself. And so you did some freelance work with the, the financial organization, and then you transitioned into what? So because that's, I that's what has become invested in the company that you now run. Yeah. So we, uh, we, I did that for about six months and then I became a full-time lender for the organization. A year later, their executive director left, uh, and went back to the same bank that I had just left. Wow. And, and they said, well, look, we were, we interviewed for you for the executive director's position before. Would you like it now? And I said, sure, I'll be the executive director. And I've been the executive director for 22 years um, wow. since that point. Yeah. And so tell us a little bit about what Vested In does in the community. You talk about on the website, you mentioned that there are three components to make a neighborhood thrive. And so what what is the thinking around what Vested, vested In does to make a community or make, make a neighborhood really thrive? Yeah, we focus on three things. So it's it's business, community, and you. Um, and so our primary core thing is to really look at how can we impact businesses in a positive way. So the first way is through delivering capital. So we are a community development financial institution that's certified by the Treasury Department um, and their CDFI fund. Um, so we've been that for four years. We were before. There's a whole nother story that goes along with that. Um, but 
we deliver capital in that way. In addition to that, we provide what's called technical assistance or business consulting services. And our probably the best thing that we do is strategize with the business owners. Um, we want to sit down, listen, understand what they're trying to accomplish, and then work with them through their ideas, but also understanding that a lot of small businesses don't immediately take on the systems that larger businesses have um, or more experienced or more mature businesses have. And what we try to do is make sure that they have those things in place, such as QuickBooks or some other type of electronic accounting system. And, and even understanding that you should be analyzing how much cash you're bringing in that's going out not on an annual basis, but on a daily basis. So you shouldn't be creating financial statements or as just your tax returns. We want to work with you throughout. The The other thing is kind of build identifying opportunities for those businesses. And so from time to time, when we see opportunities, we will refer them for business, um, whether that's through our organization or through other uh, business opportunities, whether they be government or private sector. The second thing that we are focused on is community. We were birthed out of the Empowerment Zone program that was established by the Clinton administration. And so it was a community group that said that, hey, actually it was four neighborhoods um, that created a community group that came back and said, hey, we want a financial institution as one of the key components of what we are as a community. And so that's how uh, WPFSI or West Philadelphia Financial Services was started. It was literally started by community members that essentially wanted to start their own bank. And all of these guys were, were black folks. And the other thing that they wanted to do was have control. And control becomes a big component in what we've done over the years. But what we also didn't want, we wanted to be apolitical. So we didn't want to be seen as a, as a nonprofit that was attached to any particular politician for fear of that politician, this, you know, at a whim decides to do one thing or another. We don't want to be attached to that. And, and I, that has also served us really well in what we've been doing over the years. And then the final thing is you. Because ultimately, everything we do still comes down to an individual business owner, a community resident, a high school student that we happen to be working with. All of those are components of this entire community. And we want to see that each one of them is really attacked by and in the way that we impact them personally. Because if we don't impact you personally, you're not then going to go tell the story about how we were able to change your life, which means we're not going to get more resources, which means we're not going to be able to do more things as we continue to grow or try to grow this organization. So it really still has to come down to you. The other you is also not about us. It's about them and saying that the impact actually changed our lives. Um, we have a youth program called West Gold Fellows, uh, which is a summer internship. And this year, a young lady um, who was part of our program, her grandmother spoke to me at the end of the program. And she said, you know, you changed my granddaughter's life. Going through COVID, she was in such a depression, she didn't leave her room. 
And then you had this program that got her out meeting people. Prior to her joining, we thought she was going to graduate from high school and become a bus driver for SEPTA, which is a local public transportation entity. She now studies harder. She's getting a 4.0 in school. She wants to go to college. And that's the you, right? That's the real kind of impact. So it wasn't just a young lady who was in our program. It's her grandmother. It's her sister. It's her mom and father who are now taking a look at, well, why did, you know, what did we do? Well, we actually didn't do anything but give her the space to open up her own values and her own voice. And that's what we get excited about, whether you're a business person, whether you're a community residence or you're a high school student that comes through our organization. So engagement really helps people to feel a part of the community instead of just existing in the community, doesn't it? Absolutely. And, and it, you know, we are interlopers to a certain extent in people's lives, right? If somebody wants to start a business. They're not doing it because they want to come meet Jim Burnett. They want to start a business so that they can have an impact on their families. Uh, but what we have to do is just to really try to understand what they're going through to get to this point that they came in contact with us. And especially since COVID, one of the things that we are really trying to learn a lot more about is the anxiety that people have because they're, especially somebody starting a new business or even just somebody start trying to get a financing, there's a huge amount of information that they don't know. And if we're not patient with that person, they will shut down never get the capital they need, never do the things that they, you know, that was their goals, their dreams were tied to. And why? Because they had anxiety. That shouldn't be the thing that stops somebody from reaching their dreams, especially if we can be patient with us, change our language a little bit so that we're not using a lot of the jargon that we have in the industry that turns people off and just talk to them like human beings and say, hey, you'd like to borrow some money. How do we make that happen for you? One of the things I love that you do, um, which I think is a little difficult for small businesses, particularly businesses of color, is that you identify opportunities for them. Whereas most small businesses are really just focused on getting the job done. So they don't do the networking. Um, sometimes they're not able to do the, the proper networking. So it's great that you actually will identify businesses for opportunities that they could that could help them grow or develop in different ways. Yeah, and I wish we could do more, but the great part about that is having partners that we can connect them to. Um, there's a big ecosystem and we don't try to do everything. Uh, so we try to do the things that we do best. But as long as we're tapped into the ecosystem, information comes to us. And then through that information sharing, we actually can now go and tell our client hey, here's an opportunity for you to take advantage of. Again, whether you do or not is entirely up to you as a business owner. You have to make that choice. Um, or even if you're prepared to take advantage of it, because some cases you may not be prepared at this point and can come back to the opportunity a little bit later on, but at least you have the resource to do so. And so what we've done is really try to identify partners um, one of our employees was a, a former Drexel student who has done extremely well with us and in his own company. Uh, and he has worked with the university on the procurement side 
and then has gone into Penn to say, hey, you guys need to support more Black businesses or more folks from the West Philadelphia community. And that has actually happened. So we'll do some training with those businesses um, in our program called Be Smart that we partner with Drexel on. So in addition to that, we're setting them up, helping them build their business plans, helping them know how to pitch the business, and then also helping them to get some of the procurement opportunities that are out there. Yeah. For businesses that are that are outside of Philadelphia who, that could obviously use your help, what is some of the advice that you would offer? Like, I love the, what you talked about in terms of, of systems that, that you know, because mm-hmm. um, I even think about that as a small business. Like I want to get everything set up for the year, right, in terms of, of taxes. But we don't think about like how we should be managing that more on a day to day, more on a weekly basis. And so if you could talk to um, those of us outside of Philadelphia <laughs> in terms of, you know, what advice would you offer folks in terms of how to better how to better set themselves up financially? Yeah, I think the best the, the thing that I've seen that has impacted the success of most businesses through covid is, quite frankly, networks and Joining a network that's tied to the industry that you're in would be my first thing, because now you're getting in with similar type of businesses, talking your language, um, finding opportunities where you could potentially partner together with things uh, to take care of opportunities that present themselves. Um, And then looking at kind of the technology that you have and that you work with and you need for your industry. Um, that was one of the huge barriers is folks having the right technology to even submit applications like the PPP application that the SBA had. So even if you had your tax returns and you didn't have a scanner, you couldn't get the information to the person. So something as simple as a $125 scanner, you're, avoid, you're not getting the funding that you, you need. The other thing is filing your taxes. I know it sounds simple if you're somebody that has does their taxes on a regular basis, but filing your taxes and filing them as soon as you can. And look, as a as one of the things that my wife beats me up on is like, hey, you're too slow at getting your taxes together. But that's why we have somebody else to do these things. And so one of the things is figuring out who is the additional talent that I need around me um, as either consultants. Um, whether that's an attorney, an accountant, bookkeeper, insurance representative. Uh, We talk about the fact that you've identified this wonderful asset that you call your business. You're in the process of trying to grow it, but what are you doing to protect it? And these three in particular help you to protect that asset and so that you can make the additional steps to grow the business. You all do a tremendous amount of, of work in, in the community. Where do you sell, see yourselves growing? And um, because you get support from outsiders, what, what is it that you need that if people are listening and say, I like this organization, I'd like to support them, you know, what type of partnerships are you looking for? Yeah. Um, so I'll answer the second one first. We are looking for partnerships with anybody that's interested in helping small businesses grow. So that is from the banking arenas where we get a lot of our capital. Um, we also get a lot of government support. But one of the places that we're looking to actually grow is individual investors investing in our organization. Um, we're considered a smaller 
CDFI, Community Development Financial Institution. And one of the things that we're looking at is the larger ones and how they got there. And for most of them is not through the banks, it's getting individual investors to get on board and then get the additional larger types of investment. What that does is two things. One, it gives us the capital to lend to small businesses. The second thing is it gets the local person invested in their own community too. And sometimes we're waiting for other people to make investments in our community. So we sit on the sideline as, well, when is the mayor going to do something? Or, or when is this person going to do something? If I invest or lend to vested in, what kind of return can I get? And then I'm a part of that. We're going to call you up. Hey, your thousand dollars went toward us doing a loan to a barbecue place around the corner from you. Now you go shop at the barbecue place, right? So those are the types of circular economy tips that we really want to do in terms of raising capital. But most importantly, we want to be able to have community feel like they're a part of that investment. In terms of where we want to grow, uh, it's twofold. So on the one hand, we want to raise more capital so that we can do larger projects. We also want to make sure that there is enough capital for real estate in particular and for Black developers in particular in Philadelphia who have been historically kept away from the access to capital, the access to properties to develop in their own communities. And so right now we're trying to raise $15 million for a fund that would allow these smaller developers to get additional support from training, but also to get access to the properties and the funding. The other thing that we're trying to do is our youth program, uh, the West Gold Fellows that I mentioned earlier. We've expanded it during COVID from 15 students to 60 students. And we're looking to take the components of it and do more year-round programming, but looking at how we can take this, quite frankly, to the entire country. Is there a way that we can really expand this thing out to have the, have the same impact beyond what we've been doing, but do it in a way that we don't lose the impact that we have on the young people? And so where can people find you? Your website is vestedin.org? That's correct. Vestedin.org. We also are on um, at Vestedin on Twitter and, and Instagram, and you can follow us there and LinkedIn. And LinkedIn. And Vestedin is V-E-S-T-E-D-I-N. That's correct. All righty. Well, thank you so much, Jim. We look forward to much success with your organization. Um, we're excited about all the work and the help that you're giving to these communities and uh, are, any chance that you might be expanding into other cities? Well, we just we just expanded down into uh, Newcastle and Delaware. We're trying to avoid going to New York. You guys got plenty of competition, so mm-hmm. I don't know that I want to fight with you. But we are not. For, we're basically going to stay local. We so we have the kind of eight counties: Camden County in New Jersey, and the four counties around Philadelphia. Uh, we want to strengthen our hold there, and who, who knows beyond that. But for our youth program, we're trying to get around the world. Okay. All righty. We look forward to seeing that. Thank you so much for, for being with us. And um, like I said, we look forward to, to much success for you. Sonia, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Okay. And thank you all for listening. We'll see you again next week. 
Take care. The Business First Podcast is hosted and produced by Sonia Lee. Associate Producer, Ariel Mancibo. Executive Producer, Ken Johnson. Find the Business First Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. And on social at business underscore first underscore podcast on IG. The Business First Podcast is a mean old line media production. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.